Welcome to the Business and Barter Show with Mike Musman. I'm your guest host, Brian Whitaker. I'm sitting in for Mike Wixon. Of course, the show is brought to you by iTech Barter Canada. So, Mike, how's it going today? It's a big day in Toronto. We've got the Raptors Parade. Looks like the offices have cleared out all over the city. Yeah, you know, you could segue right into a whole business discussion about that. But, yeah, it is a great day for the city, a great day really for Canada in in seeing the Raptors uh, Parade and Celebration take part or take place rather in uh, downtown Toronto and closing subway stations and businesses in City Hall. But whatever. It's, it is good. It is good overall for Canada. Probably not the most productive day in offices uh, uh, across the country, uh, or especially in Toronto. But, uh, but it is a nice day, and I'm sure everybody generally is pretty happy about the celebration that is underway and the Raptors winning the NBA championship, which really... You know, I have a whole conspiracy theory about that. So, you know, I guess my, my theory is out the window, but uh, it is nice for them to uh, bring home the championship. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I was hearing today that uh, uh, they're reporting that apparently Raptors jerseys and Raptors merch have uh, broken records all across North America and the world after uh, after winning this. So somebody's making uh, somebody's making bank off this. Looks like the Raptors are doing OK. Yeah, I would say so, too. In fact, it'd be interesting to see, you know, every once in a while they talk about jersey sales. And like what what number jersey sales are at? Like mm-hmm. you know Steph Curry is usually number one, and even Jordan has a bit of a place in it now, right? Like even after all these years, it's where Jordan jersey sales yeah. at. But the active players, it's you know it's usually Curry, and uh, prior to him being in Toronto, it was Leonard, and it was Durant, and uh, LeBron, of course, in LA uh, when he switched teams. So you you know, but now with Leonard in in Toronto, at least for the next ten minutes. Um, and, and maybe even some of the other players, uh, you start to see some of this, uh, some of these Jersey sales and merch sales, as you said, uh, obviously there's going to be increases in totals across the board. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in terms of, you know, sales reports and figures for sure. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting, but just, I I know this isn't, we're not supposed to talk about sports here, but I just got to, I just got to say, I just read something a second ago. It looks like Kawhi might actually stay in Toronto because, uh, Anthony Davis just got traded from the Pelicans over to uh, the Lakers. So LeBron has his boy. So. I think uh, I think a little differently, and I don't mind talking sports because it's it's the business of sports, so it's okay. Okay, it's, it's qualified in the business and barter show, but it's qualified, so we can talk about it. But but no, my theory now it's a sports podcast, I guess. But no, my theory is is that that only actually helps LA recruit Kawhi Leonard because they're going to say, hey, look, we have the big two. Now we need you to make it the big three. And we're going to bring winning basketball back to your home, say home city, Kauai, and you should be signing with the Lakers. So I, I could see that actually working as a detriment against the Raptors in retaining him. Now, some would say your point, and then that could be possible, and that might be true. But I believe that it actually works against the Raptors' interests in terms of retaining him. I think it, it, it hurts them overall. Oh well, that's great, Mike. Thanks. I had a <laughs> way I to had, be a downer on parade day. I had a, I had a bubble. It's been burst. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. I I just think uh, it, it's like without any disrespect to our supporting cast in Toronto, whether it's Van Vliet or Siakam or any of those guys or Lowry for that matter. But the reality is, is that our core is either going to be free agents or going to have a year left on their deals. And so what that means is, is that. Kawhi is like looking and he's saying, well, I got LeBron in LA for the next three years. I got AD over there and Anthony Davis and and now he's there in LA. And if I sign a four-year deal for less money, but I can win more rings, then it makes more sense to sign with LA. So that could, that could undoubtedly be a possibility. It might be. I, well, Even more so than, than the possibility of him going to the Clippers 
um, which I don't know why you want to go to the Clippers because they're shit. But the point is, is that um, I just don't see why there's any attraction over in, ter- in terms of signing with Toronto over LA. Yeah, well, he's not going to sign in LA at all. There's no chance. I don't. You don't, I don't think he signs it. in LA? No, I don't. I feel a bet coming and, on. Well, okay, I'll I'll take that bet. Uh, four cases of Mountain Dew. You got it. All right, that's the deal. I don't even drink soda so, anymore. I'm on keto. Okay, well then you get me water. I'll give you water. Nestle water because it's. Here's what I think is going to happen. Yes. If Masai Ujiri stays in Toronto, and, he's staying. He's and, got a three year. He's got three more years. Well, the Washington Wizards are after him. Yeah, it don't matter after that. So that I don't think, matter. He ain't going. I think that Kawhi signs a deal that lasts as long as Ujiri's, and they try to make a dynasty. That That's could what I think they're going to do. I think I, Masai Ujiri was about. Uh, we want to get to the playoffs. Then we want to get to the finals. Then we want to win the finals. That guy doesn't stop. So I think Ujiri is all about proving to the world or the league anyway that. The, the next dynasty is going to be the Raptors because there hasn't been a dynasty in the NBA since the Bulls. No, know. no. The, the Golden State's class, even though they didn't win every year, the way the NBA does it, much like the NHL, the way they do it is, is they've now said, okay, we're not like the Oilers and we're not like the Islanders where you're going to win cups in a row or championships in a row. The way they classify a dynasty is sort of like an era. So if it's Chicago, they won... Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, rather. They won... They had finals appearances and they won cups in the, say, early part of the decade. Then it was the Kings, right, and their core. Um, and now you would even say that about Pittsburgh winning back-to-back two years ago. So, so, so my point is is that the, the definition of a dynasty has changed. The Warriors are still a dynasty. They still made, I guess, what is it, five in a row now, right? Five finals in a row. They made, okay. So they're still classified as a dynasty, even though they've not won. Although right. I have... My like, I like the old definition myself. You have to win. You got to win to be five in a row. Be, you get to, well, uh, well, some would say two in a row because of the modern economics of the sport. But the reality, I, I like talking about sports on the business part and barter podcast, by the way. But, 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 <laughs> but, um, but that's the reality that, that that's how they classify it now because the economics of sport and the way contracts are designed combined with salary caps and luxury taxes, depending on the sport, uh, which league it is, uh, that's how they classify dynasties now. It's different. That's I, I think that's sad. I, I, I think it I, I is think too. It's cheap. I think it's cheap. I think it is too. And I'm a pro dynasty guy because I believe in, you know, working hard and attaining something great and then trying to hold on to it and keep it and be at the top. Yeah. And then the rest of the league, whether it's doesn't matter what league it is, um, trying to knock you off your pedestal. That to me is right. The eighties, I guess, and the belief of what a true dynasty is. And you could say that about the Bulls, I mean, you know, two separate you know, trifectas, meaning 91, 92, 93. Jordan yeah. retired in air quotes because he got suspended. That's another discussion. Uh, and then coming back and winning in uh, 96, 90, or 97, 98, 99. So without, I, I, again, I'm, we're stuck on sports just for a second. No, it's okay. Keep I, I got, going. Okay, so my, my, my question about the, the business of sport. When, when a dynasty was a dynasty as we know it, right, which is like winning four or five in a row, whatever it is. So look at the Montreal Canadiens. Look at the New York Islanders. You look at for example, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, where they, they were winning cups in a row. Do you think that that was better for the league and the teams? Because I think what happens is I gain more respect for a team that wins like that than, oh, well, you know, they won one year, and then they sucked the next year, and then they won two years after that, and then they sucked again. So there's no consistency. Like, I want to know the guys and like the guys and see that team, and instead it's just they're, they're this bringing all, guys in and bringing them out. This all boils down to economics. Yeah. And and it, it, it boils down to economics and the parity. So the element of parity is that 
they don't, there's an element, there's two schools of thought. One, one side is, is we want, we want dynasties, right? Cause it's good. Uh, it makes for good stories and good news and good, uh, content and all that wonderful stuff. And the other side of that is, is if it's a 30 team league, there's 20 other teams that want to be on top and they don't have a chance if there's a dynasty right? in theory, but you could almost bring politics into the equation because, you know, without sort of identifying whatever side of the political spectrum that you're on, the reality is, is that there's, there's a, a, there's a, a, a portion of that population that believes in, in parity and fairness and, and sharing and, you know, um, to hell with community spirit. Yeah. And to, and to hell, like, it's almost like the participation trophy era, right? It's like, we all want a shot at winning the championship, right? That's how that works. And everybody's so happy, go lucky and hugging. But the reality is, is sport is about, is about winning, right? And it's the age old thing. It's like, well, I don't know about you, Brian Whitaker, but to me, winning is more fun than anything else. So when you sit there and say, you know, and I've said it to my own kids, I'm like, you know, to me, if you lose, it, it's not about losing and having fun. It's about losing and yeah. you better learn from it so that you don't let it happen again. Yeah. I remember my dad used to say something to me all the time. And he said, if you lose, it just means that you're a loser. <laughs> well, that's a little strong. I love my dad. <laughs> it's a little He's strong. He's gone now, but he was I, right. I, I know. And I know you guys had a, a very <laughs> candid, a very candid and open relationship. Uh, and it was always refreshing to hear about some of those stories. Um, but, but, but the reality is, is um, there's, a, there's a fine line there. And a lot of it has to do with age. You can say that to a 16-year-old. You really can't say it to, that way to a six-year-old. And then that's when I heard it the first oh, time. That's, oh, good. Yeah, I was in I was oh, good. house league hockey, right? And it was no big deal. Don't worry. And so what? If you lose, you're just a loser, right? Yeah. Big deal. So Second place is the first loser. Second place is the first loser, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It wasn't like he just looked at me and said, you know, hey, if you lose, it just means you're shit. He didn't say that. He, it was more a case of... Yeah, my, right. my dad was diplomatic about it when, when it was me going, growing up and playing hockey. I'm a little less diplomatic about it with, with Cole and with Tyler, my young guys. And I just say, like, look, if you're going to lose, you better learn why you lost along the way so that you can correct it for next time. Yeah. And so it, it's something that I think that they're on board with now in terms of their thinking and their, and their mental approach to, the, to sports in general or competitive sports. But, th- but that's a reality that that's life. You know, you're going to lose, lose out on getting a promotion or getting a job or you're going to lose out on you know an opportunity now and again because of that it doesn't mean you sit there and sulk about it you learn from it and how do i better myself so right? i i don't have kids you know i don't have kids so here, here's a question you, you know when, by the way you're never taking my kids to any sports no i know that <laughs> I, know, I figured as much nobody you're just it. the you're just the loser i'm not allowed to t- <laughs> <laughs> that's not what my daddy said <laughs> But do you teach your kids, be, because they, they play competitive sports, right? Um, you know that old saying, act like you've been there before. So if you score a goal, oh. don't, don't over-celebrate and stuff like that. And the same thing when you lose, don't look too down. Always be the same sort of stoic guy. I'm going to use Kawhi Leonard as an example. I can use Gary Roberts as an example from hockey. There are a lot of guys like that out there. Are you trying to instill that in your kids as oh, well yeah. a little bit? 100%. Right? Just you know, game it's, face? It's, it's one thing to uh, break a tie or even ice, ice a win, like where you, you know, you... Uh, sort of pile on top a little bit, like one or two goals if your score is, say, 2-2 and it's now 4-2, and you want to do a bit of a celly or celebration when you score, that's fine. But, you know, the worst thing, and, and to your point, is, is, um, is acting 
in a very um, disrespectful way. And sport, sport is about respect. Sport is about respecting your opponent, respecting your teammate, respecting the process. And, um, and self-respect. And self-respect. And, and I'm a big believer in, hey, you know, act like you've been there before. In fact, I said it to a, a kid yesterday. I coach uh, three on three and um, I'm one of the assistant coaches and, and I said to this one kid and it's a select level. So it's like, you know, for the highest level possible for three on three hockey. And I said uh, to this one kid and I just said, Hey, look, like you're at this level now. You know, if I say black or triple A or whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying it's at the top level. So if I said to him, I said, here's what I said. I said, you're at the quote unquote top level. Now you need to act like it. And he just looked at me like he didn't quite understand. And so I took him aside and I said, look, there are, there are, it's playing house league and then there's playing top level. And I said, you're now a top level player and that's how you need to act. And so that means you drop it on the sellies and don't act, you know, don't pile on goals and then do that. You know, you don't, you know, don't, um, don't do things like tease your, like tease your teammates or don't disrespect the opponent. And, and it really, I mean, really we're talking about sports, but really we're talking about business. You know, they say don't underestimate your competition, you know, not to sort of segue into the a real business discussion, but that's a reality. You know, like there, there's a, that discussion is real. You know, you have a competitor, respect the competitor, learn from that competitor. And in some cases, you know, you can create an opportunity for yourself where you can better yourself against your competitor. And, and that's not that different than sport. And which is why I identify so well with both. Because you're able to take elements of each of each and and really create, um, you know, an attractive and and um, positive way to sort of um, approach things, whether it's whether it's business or whether it's sports, you know. So you know, it's like when you come up against a difficult opponent, whether it's a competitor or whether it's uh, a business competitor. It, at the end of the day, you have two choices: you can either learn from it, or you can you'll be so good that you'll be you'll come out on top anyway. So the worst thing, and I think a lot of people agree, especially nowadays, is having an ego in either one of them. Because your ego will blind you on a positive outcome. Right? Yeah. So if you come into that, yeah. if you come into uh, playing a sport or go up against a tough opponent and you're just relying on your ego saying I'm better than this person, there's nothing wrong with having an ego. But the reality is, is that the guy in second place is chasing the guy in first place, no matter what it is. And there's a the reality is is that they have the chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. and they have, you know, and not to get all Hollywood, but the whole eye of the tiger thing and Rocky, yeah. they, they want, he wanted to, to be, he wanted to take down Apollo Creed, right? It's like the Raptors wanting to take down Golden State, right? Right. Or the second place hockey team takes down the first place hockey team. St. Louis. Right. Yeah. yeah for example. Right. And they did it without, totally. all these teams did it without being, to your point about ego, without being the goon in totally. the room. Right. Yeah. And that's that's that quiet strength that comes in business. If you don't have some of that acumen on the business side of things, or if you're not teaching, for example, your kids, I don't have them, as I said earlier, but if you're not if if that's not being instilled in people that, that the sportsmanship aspect, but the strength in sportsmanship and the, the, the self respect that comes with that translates very much from sport to business. So that's you know, I, I we've 15 minutes we've already spent talking about is that sport. right can you believe it we haven't I, even it just means we need a sports podcast i think we, well we could do that but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we could i don't know if i'd be as good as, as you at it but but definitely i'd 
I'd sit and listen because I know you wouldn't stop talking some about good, sports. I know, right? No, there's some good discussion. Yeah, you'd have to really guide us where we're going. Yeah. We could go on all day. <laughs> we could set the we could set the world record for the longest podcast about segue sports. Segue into geopolitics. Right, segue totally. into traffic. Segue into... Oh, my God. So what do you got today, man? What, we, well, what else are we going to so talk about? So just to touch on a few different things that, that have sort of come to mind for uh, in the iTex landscape and, and just touching on iTex, of course, we're the largest barter exchange in North America. There's 70 locations. The number one ITEX office in out of the 70 locations is right here in Toronto, head office right here in Etobicoke. So we, uh, we're doing a lot of really good and positive things, whether it's in the ITEX world or, or even against uh, our independent competitors. So we're doing some really good stuff, and it's a testament to our team and the way we've changed our approach and the way we're uh, addressing and, and uh, always looking uh, to find ways to grow. So, uh, and again, just sort of getting back to some of the things we, uh, I want to touch on. We got some stuff that came in this week that I thought would be worth bringing up. We got a, a Hershey, Hershey chocolate product line that came in. Um, you know, we got some, everything from ice cream makers to milkshake makers to uh, s'more makers. I didn't know there was even a s'more maker. There's a s'more maker? I thought the s'more maker was somebody's grandmother. I was uh, That or your own two hands in front yeah. of, at, at a fire. At a fire. Yeah. I would know. have thought. Um, but nevertheless, these things exist and they are in our warehouse and you can buy them on iTex and it is a fun product to do with your family. I saw the milkshake maker and that thing would be the coolest thing on my, on my countertop in my kitchen. You should buy one on iTex. Maybe Wait, I Wait, can will. you get the whisper on here? Can you? What? Can does, I hear can, your, your, yeah, your, your little count? whisper? Yeah, yeah. Just, does that work? Yeah. Oh, you know, I'll hear that. You that, can hear that? That'll come through. Okay, yeah, good. It'll sound creepy, but it'll come through. No problem. All no right, problem. Okay. The key is you buy one. It's just a guy sitting you across put one on the your table counter. from me going, you should buy <laughs> a milkshake maker. Yes, It's just yes. kind of weird, but I thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. No problem. As a matter of uh, fact, I'm scared now. Is that right? Can I, I get a milkshake maker, please? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> um, we have uh, some great Ontario vacation uh, properties. Oh, that, what's going uh, on? So we got, uh, there's... Uh, how do I, best way to phrase it. We had a, we had a parent company become a member of ITEX and they have seven different resort properties in Ontario. So you're actually able to buy certificates, gift certificates for this property or for this parent company, I should say. And then you're able to apply that gift certificate against any one of the properties that are uh, under their umbrella. Can you give us an idea where some of these properties are? Yes, actually. Um, there's ones in Niagara in the Lake. There's one in Muskoka's, one in Kawartha's, uh, I think up in Collingwood Way, uh, Gravenhurst. These are so, waterfront properties or are they like... like uh, um, that was my elbow, by the way. I, I don't know if you heard that bang, but that was my elbow. No, I didn't hear it. I have headphones on. Okay, great. And um, and I, I, some of them are waterfront. I think, actually, I think they're all... I haven't gone through all of them, but right. I think they're. I think mo for sure most of them are. Any ones that I've seen are waterfront. Um, and then in the very least, they have gigantic pools um, for families, uh, which is a great thing for them. And, and people are actually also buying them up for um, giveaways. So they're using it for their employees, for their customers, for like golf tournament prizes. So it is a great way to do that too. And you have inventory on those right now. So if someone wanted to book one of those, they could get one for the, within the next couple of weeks or they... Yeah, you can book like right now. Wow, fantastic. Like even long weekend, like it's great. Wow, that's um, great. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, both long weekends or all three long weekends upcoming in in 2019, and they're even good for 2020. I, okay, well, you and I have to talk about that because I yeah. do have an iTex account, and I'd like to know more. <laughs> for sure, we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely after chat about I buy it. the milkshake maker. Yeah, yeah, buy the milkshake. <laughs> buy the milkshake maker. No, it's good. It's good. The milkshake maker and Great Blue. Is both are good. Um, also, we've had some great event tickets uh, come up recently, and we have more coming, which is really great. 
Um, especially this time of year, you have all kinds of concerts and you have different sporting events going on. It's a very busy time in the city of Toronto. And we also have stuff out in Montreal. We have um, what we call the Montreal Impact. Uh, where our counterpart here in Toronto is, of course, TFC. So we have that. And uh, we even have some white cap tickets in Vancouver. So we have some great stuff as well as in the sort of, uh, well, depending on what's, what's, you know, depending where you're located, we even have stuff in the Northeast uh, U.S. as well for event tickets. Oh, that's great. Um, the, uh, the other thing I was going to talk about was a good friend of mine. A, a quick story will wrap up, but we had a, a friend of mine, and I don't know if he's going to listen to this, so I, I'm, I don't mean to get uh, too personal, but it was so, it, it became, it meant be, this story has become, has, sorry, has come to mean a lot to me in that um, we had a friend of ours who, who was a client of ours for many, many years, uh, picked up and moved to Africa. Um, sort of like he had a business opportunity there, shut down his business in Toronto, uh, moved to Africa, and um, turned around and a couple years later called me up and said, hey, I'm moving back. You know, the opportunity sort of here has dried up, and I want to move back to Toronto and sort of restart my business. And I said, great. He's like, I need, first thing I need to do, he said, is I need to open my iTex account again. And so he learned because it was, it was important that he'd get all the, the stuff he would normally do, whether it's a startup or a restartup, you get a lot of those, you know, those foundation blocks paid for in iTex, whether it's printing or legal or accounting or advertising, whatever. And those, some of those are of course ongoing costs. But what he did was he was very smart. He called me up and said this. And, um, one of the things I was big on just because of a timing thing, I was really big on this particular kind of direct mail advertising for his business. And he bought in, took advantage of it. And he instantly had, um, basically engagement from his ad and got all kinds of calls and inquiries and emails. It was a home service kind of, uh, service that he provides to homeowners and in the security field. Right. And, um, I don't want to get sort of into too much specifics, but the point is, is that it, it was such a feel good moment for me and for him because you could automatically see, and he has a, a young family as well. So you could automatically see relief, uh, excitement and, and great, and basically him being grateful, um, to iTex and to our service and to what we provided, uh, to get his business up and running again. And that was, I gotta be honest with you, man. It almost like made me cry. Cause he, we were so helpful and it, it just, it wasn't about anything that having to do with money. It was about a guy who said, I basically need you to help me. And the fact that we were able to help him the way we did, it became, I made a life changing and impactful moment in his business and his life. And that to me was huge. What would it take for me to get you to cry for me? Probably not a whole, a lot. <laughs> I, ever since I had kids, I'm like a big softy. Be, before, when I would watch Field of Dreams, I would tear up. Now it's fucking Niagara Falls on my face. Oh yeah, no, no, don't get me started on Field right? of Dreams. Oh. It's coming out in the theaters. Did you do you know that? They're, they're bringing it back. Well, for the anniversary. Okay, right, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna do one night because it's theaters. a thirtieth anniversary. If Something I'm like that. Eighty-nine. Yeah. yeah. What worst line in that movie? When the one that got me. Hey, Dad. Oh, catch when I'm a ball? catch. Oh my God. I just about. I lost. I lose it every time. Every time. There's there's an, another movie that does that to me as well. Have you ever seen the movie Big Fish? Uh, you know what? I didn't. I, I know the movie. Uh, I know the movie well. I know exactly what movie it is uh, yeah. with Ewan McGregor, and I know exactly yeah. who it, what it is. There's a uh, long story. I, I will not be. I'll try not to to kind of prolong it, but I'll just go through it really quick. I feel like I wrote Notting Hill, 
Oh, really? I know this is out of left field, but just bear with me. I basically wrote Notting Hill. I went to the theater. I saw the preview. I'm like, oh my God, that's my, I had the script. I was like the, I had everything, but I just didn't have the connections. But anyway, not that there was a connection directly, like someone stole my script or my right. idea. It's a very basic idea, really. But I was like, I believe Richard Curtis was a writer for Big Fish, R- if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure who wrote that one. But it's the same writer, is my point. Okay. No, not, sorry, it's not, it's not him, it's somebody else. But my point is... Tim Burton did directed Big he Fish. He directed it, no, and I'm confusing it with um, another movie. Oh my God, I, I, I know. Okay, I'm off topic. The point is, is that any movie that Richard Curtis wrote, I'm not a, I don't like watching. But Richard Curtis did not write that movie. I take that back. But I'm confusing two worlds. And on that note, and on that, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining we'll, we'll us. We'll do the Notting Hill discussion another day. I swear to God, it's a great story. And that's it for the Business and Barter Show with uh, Mike Musnan. Of course, I'm filling in for Mike Wixon. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Thanks to iTech's Barter Canada, and we'll catch you next time. Talk later, Mike. Authentic show wrapped up. Good job. Thank you. Thank you.